So I want to tell y'all a story. I was traveling and had to make a pit stop in the bathroom and walked into the bathroom, noticed the bathroom attendant. And as I was walking to a stall, I observed one particular stall that literally, it was a mess. It was disgusting. Like whoever left that stall really just, it was, it was disrespectful, quite honestly. And so I went to another stall, but I could hear the bathroom attendant go to that particular stall, and I could hear her exhaustion and her frustration with what it was that she was going to have to undertake to actually clean out that stall. And so after I was done, I walked out of the stall to wash my hands, and I observed her, and I stopped her. It was just something about that moment where I saw her, I heard her, I felt her frustration, and I happened to have like a $10 bill on me, and I gave it to her because I was like, you know what, treat yourself to lunch. I saw you, I saw what you have to do, and I appreciate what you have to do, and I know that it is frustrating that you're having to deal with this situation. And literally in that moment, she she almost started crying because I think, you know, she sort of felt um, somebody finally understood, somebody saw it, maybe that wouldn't ordinarily see it. And so that got me to thinking about the power of being seen. When we acknowledge each other and validate one another in the midst of those very hard moments, and I've had my fair share of hard times, I remember those who saw me who empathized and sympathized with me, lifting me up. And it really, it meant the world to me. So that's why there's so much power in showing someone that their experiences are valid, that you care. And it's ultimately saying, I see you. From WBEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Jennifer Shay Love Bowers here with Taylor Coward and Cheryl Jackson. And today we're talking about the power of being seen. Let's just talk about the obvious. Name change. Girl. Okay. I heard that. Talk about being seen. Okay. I saw you, sis, and your new updated last name. Yes. I feel seen. Oh, you are seen. Okay. Just for the listeners. What's up with that? The name change. Okay. So, you know, I was previously married and I, I don't know, I've been having this sort of reckoning, this sort of call to my, my greatness. And actually, okay, this is funny thing happened. I was going through some old documents and I pulled up my grandmother's, her, her name was Margaret Louise Hampton Bowers. I pulled up her obituary and it was just such so symbolic about like her greatness right Mm -hmm. and she went to Wilberforce she also went to Hampton Institute she got her graduate degree from Columbia and in that time to be able to accomplish those great things I just you know it was a reminder that it's time to go home right time to reclaim some stuff exactly back to Bowers so I just I feel I felt empowered to do that to make that change and to um yeah just to to be back to what is meaningful to me well this is a perfect kickoff to this conversation about the power of being seen and what it means to us your story was so powerful and poignant and it brought up you know emotions and memories about um experiences that 
I've had being sane and my desire to make certain that I acknowledge and see others. Because, you know, we all know what it's like, mm-hmm. especially as black women. We know what it's like to not be seen and not be appreciated um, and validated. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so congratulations. Thank you, sis. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Congratulations, Back to Bowers. And I am just so excited to hear our stories of seeing others and being seen ourselves. Well, we've got all of that and more coming up after the break. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. So when you guys think about what it means to be seen, what does that mean for you? For me, being seen means being validated and acknowledged. Just either something you did is acknowledged or just your space in a place. Um, And that's not to say that you always need to be validated, but it is very nice when it happens because it doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I think of when I hear being seen. You know, I think about what it feels like to be invisible. Mm. I was working as a press secretary and uh, to a governor, and I didn't realize how I had become accustomed to being invisible. Mm-hmm until someone saw me and the person said, um, I see you. I see not only the work that you do, but I see you, the, the woman that you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically, you know, step up to the plate, um, acknowledge your own, you know, lean into your own beauty, your own confidence. You know, I was like, you know, it was a hard job. Oh, my God, please. You know, sleeping three hours a night. So, you know, I wouldn't, no makeup, no wear, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, hair pulled back in the pony, kind of like now. Um, but I was doing a bare minimum because I was just stressed. And also, I just, I was just invisible. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just so, it stopped me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. And they said, I see you, you know? Mm-hmm. You're worthy, uh, you're beautiful. Put some lipstick on. <laughs> and I, I just remember um, it's like a, the scales came off of my own eyes to who I was. Mm. And it was, did not go unnoticed yeah. um, when I started to, you know, see myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it bothered some people. It was a problem for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, the confidence, the... I stepped out from behind the scenes um, into the light mm-hmm. and held my own. So, um, but the times I've been most seen, you know, on these big jobs and, you know, where you're the only, only woman, only person of color, and, you know, you're just totally invisible. And you kind of just trying to just get through it, you know? Yeah who has always seen me in those moments were black women 
Hmm. who were, you know, housekeepers, always the housekeepers. Mm -hmm. So whether it's in a big job or when they noticed, um, no one noticed I was skipping out of fourth grade. I was hanging out in the bathroom in the library. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was like totally checked out because fractions had me like, (laughs) oh, in a (laughs) chokehold. Okay. (laughs) And I was basically skipping class and school Mm. while being at school Mm. no one noticed until the cleaning woman she said you need to get back to class she said your parents did not send you to this school to be hanging out in the bathroom and the library and i i watch you right Mm. i see you wow she said you get on back into that class and you do your parents proud and i did Oh, yeah, just yeah. what she said. Yeah, she's the only one that saw that yeah. I was missing. Yeah, sometimes it's just that you know, and you know, it's to me, it's it's the nuance of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the actual intentionality behind seeing you. Right. You know, seeing that you know, just this pattern of behavior, this mm-hmm. simple thing is could potentially impact you, but caring enough to say something. Say something. You know, I went to the Norman Rockwell Museum. And his technique is to actually take a picture of his subjects Mm -hmm. before he uh, creates the portrait. This is an example of of witnessing what it is like to not be seen, Mm -hmm. right? So he took a picture of, um, it's a picture of a brother and a sister. And so it's the older brother and the younger sister. They're kind of standing, the, the sister standing in front of the brother, and they're black. And then there's another picture of three white kids, and one of the sister is standing behind the two boys, right? Mm -hmm. The younger sister standing behind the two boys. And the picture that he took really just shows basic curiosity, what a child would look like if they were curious about, you know, their environment or their surroundings or other people. But what his actual portrait looked like only for the black children was like a complete shift in their facial expression, right? And it was funny because I sat there and I studied it for a little bit, and I, it 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 kind of it bothered me, mm-hmm. you know. It bothered me because, like, I I saw my my own kids, you know, and they're just really sort of general curiosity, no attitude, no like mm-hmm. confrontational energy. It was just I'm curious, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just curious about this situation, and you know, it was sort of like thinking you're being seen. You know, had you not seen that picture. Mm-hmm you would have thought that this was the expression that those two children had, which actually wasn't. You know, just thinking, it's like the nuance, the Mm. nuance that we sometimes gets hidden or isn't um, able to be expressed. And so when someone can see that and be like, huh, that's not your, that's not you. Right. You know, that's not you. And I see you. I see that that is not how you're being represented. So, So for me, it's also about like, being seen represented in a way that is authentically you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that. The fact sort of being seen, deeply seen, mm-hmm. is noticing the subtle things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I got out of your analogy. Yeah. And I, it's not like you're acting out or doing something dramatic, but someone's just, they're dead into you. Mm-hmm. Or they're that focused on you. Actually, that's my love language. What's that? When people 
acknowledge or comment on the small things. Mm. Not the big moments, not the accolades, but... Being you know, on somebody's mind. Being on somebody's yeah. mind. Yeah. Being, being seen enough, being interested enough mm-hmm. to be on someone's mind about something small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is... That's powerful for that me. That is. You know, going briefly back to art, which I think is a like a topic we all kind of kind of love but come at it in different ways as like creators and viewers of art like all three of us Mm -hmm. when I went to the National Portrait Gallery seeing Michelle Obama's portrait was just like everything and y'all so cultured (laughs) (laughs) going to museums and things okay you know what a fun free activity it is every weekend to go to all the Smithsonian's like you know, DC had clubs and it had this and it had that, but I was like, "Oh, the Smithsonian is yeah. free!" Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was at Air and Space. Yeah. I was at the National, the Natural History Museum. So one weekend, I went to the Portrait Gallery. I have pictures of JFK. I got pictures of like, I think, like there's this big like bust of this sleeping lady. And it's called like Eternal Silence. Mm. And it's it's from this grave. And so it was super cool. And then I just like came across Michelle Obama's portrait and like almost cried. Mm. Because it's one, it's huge. They're all huge. And it's like, I don't know if you've seen it, but like she's surrounded in like flowers mm. and like and like and green color. and color. Yeah. And it was so different from all the other mm. like presidential and first lady portraits. And she was black. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in the room of all the presidents, that's, of course, going to stand out. And so I just I have that was like my screensaver for like three years. And I saw a picture not too long after of a little girl who was looking up at it the same way I was looking at it. Oh, yeah. I remember that that picture. And so and that is just like a beautiful example of the right way to be represented mm-hmm. in art. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, Jennifer, saw a way where you were like, ooh, I don't like this feeling I'm leaving with. Mm-hmm. But it is so impactful to have the positive examples of that. And when you see it, it kind of, it helps to beat down those feelings of all the bad representation that's sure. out there too, because there is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I like that, I uh, do Taylor. Too. You're talking about being seen, maybe not, as an individual, Taylor, you know, coward mm-hmm. being seen, but being seen through representation. Mm-hmm. I think that's really mm-hmm. powerful, too. I think the artist, even the energy of him capturing her, like him seeing her and being able to represent her in such a way that was like vibrant, her arms were showing, like, you know, there was this like powerful pose, like and the you, color, it just, it was. Do you remember how controversial that was? Yes. yes. That her arms oh, yeah. were out. Yes. And I'm oh, yeah. like, this beautiful. lady. Beautiful. Now everybody wants arms like now that. Now everybody yeah. has like the buff, beautiful right. toned arm. And like, she represented like strength yes. and poise and elegance and I remember being like because I really I think I talked about this in our body image episode Mm -hmm. I used to not have my arms out ever Mm -hmm. like I I would always wear sweaters and things like that and so now my meats are just going to be out if I want them (laughs) out you know what I mean (laughs) but maybe I'm here because my first lady that's right. Was like you're you're gonna see this work that I put in at the gym. That's right. And my eating good. <laughs> and eating greens and spaghetti. Yeah, okay. Greens. <laughs> and I just I just think that that is so like we need that and we need those positive depictions that can really just be applied to 
all of us. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. When's a time where you felt erased or unseen? Mm. Well, you know, in high school, mostly middle, not like middle school, everybody was wearing like Aeropostale, Abercrombie & Fitch, Mm -hmm. Hollister, who made tiny, tiny straight sizes, Mm. like extra, extra, extra small to maybe a medium at best, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And so I have been a solid XL most of my life. Like, I don't stray. Mm. And I know my size, and I know what's going to fit, and I know what's not, and I knew what places just were not accepting of my size, Mm -hmm. who didn't even create things for my size. And so... I was walking to Lou Malnati's in the Gold Coast to pick up my pizza, and I passed the Abercrombie and Fitch that they built over there. And they have a chunky mannequin in the window. Mm. So at first, I'm like, yes, you know. But then I'm like, wait, is this performative? Mm. Are you doing this because people stop coming here because you only make clothes for a select few? And that's not to say that people that are smaller than me shouldn't be clothed but it is <laughs> but it is upsetting that a company will just strictly leave out your size. Mm-hmm. And and what does that say to a person like me? You can't come here. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive to be this size. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so I really value companies like Universal Standard, Old Navy that just are like, "Hey, the average woman today is 18. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Like, there there are women of all sizes. Like, yeah. yes, we need the extra, extra small, but we also need a 5X on hand. Right. And so, yeah, just erasure, like, at the mall mm-hmm. and when it was back to school, clothes, shopping right. time. And when I wanted to wear the clothes that my peers were wearing, but they literally did not have my size. Mm-hmm. Like, not we don't have it on hand, we don't make it. Right. So yeah. that's just, that just always felt like erasure and so now that I'm older and I see these companies are trying to get into the plus size game I'm like uh I don't forget (laughs) (laughs) I remember (laughs) um here's the thing is you know I'm 55 almost okay (laughs) correct you know y'all going add them numbers up to figure out what generation I'm from but in my growing up, there was not that language mm. of erasure or, you know, um, I need to be seen. Or I guess what I'm trying to say is you just kind of went with it. Right. Mm. You didn't know any better. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was what it was. It was what it was. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, really grappling with that you deserve more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm trying to wrap your head around that and what does that mean Mm -hmm. in your life Mm -hmm. 
Taylor, you should have just been down south because, baby. <sighs> I know these <laughs> hips would, they'd play better in, like, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. I was, I was the one girl, that was Georgia. invisible with my, you know, olive oil legs and <laughs> twiggy body and, you know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's all relative, isn't it? Sometimes. But that's so interesting that you bring up the just, like, you know, there weren't other options. It's different, but not by as much as I think anybody would want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Um, like this model that I followed, Tabria Majors, um, she kind of clapped back at this straight size model who put on a really big, you know how Jared from Subway would put on huge pants mm-hmm. and like yeah, hold so them show out? show how much weight he'd lost. So the model did that. In somebody else's pants. Mm -hmm. And so Tabria is a plus size model. And she was like, well, what if I put on two tiny little pairs of pants on both of my legs just to show how ridiculous that looks on me? How would you feel about that? Mm -hmm. And the model that did that wrote a book about body positivity. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, "Did, did did that seem very body positive to you when you did that shoot? And so it is very crucial of the images that we put out because that can really make or break young and old people like anybody um what are some examples of since we are all very conscious of this now Mm -hmm. how do you show that you see someone particularly Mm -hmm. when you think they need to be seen Mm -hmm. they're not being acknowledged what what ways in which you do that jennifer I do the littlest things that I can, like Mm -hmm. the woman in the restroom, Mm -hmm. you know, just acknowledging her and, you know, letting her know that I saw what she was experiencing Mm -hmm. and in some way, you know, supporting her, which, you know, the only thing I could do in that moment was say, hey, you know, buy yourself lunch, you know. But, you know, if it was another circumstance, maybe I could do I could do something else. Mm one thing I experienced, I, I actually, um, I don't know if y'all remember, but at the launch event, I had a security tag on my, on my dress and I got it that way. And I opened the package when I actually was about to go to the event. Yeah. Right. And so I took it into the store to actually have the uh, security tag removed. Mm-hmm. And the woman at the counter she was giving me the hardest time. She was like, do you have your receipt? Do you blah, blah, blah. And at this particular store, if you give them your you know, phone number, they actually have a list of all of the Purchases. transactions that you've right. made. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, why are you even asking me? She was like, oh, can you, can you pull out this, what credit card it was? And I mean, just drama, yeah. you know? And there was another young lady behind the counter and she was observing all of this. Mm-hmm. And she told the woman that was helping me, she was like, you know what, why don't you go do this thing? You know, whatever the thing was. And she said, you know, I saw what was happening there, right? I oh, saw nice. that yes. you were being, you know, treated in this way. I'm like, I'm not, This is you can't even buy this dress in the store. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you have to have purchased it online. Right. And she goes, I saw what was happening. Tell me your phone number. She pulled it up. My, you know, dress right. was there. Right. She took the security tag off. But even her acknowledging mm-hmm. that yes. she saw what was happening. And so that is a way to respond. You know, I see what's happening mm-hmm. to you and I'm going to divert the energy of the person who's making you feel this way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That's, and so, that's a fantastic 
And that could so have been so simple. Mm -hmm. Like it's so yeah, simple. It you were fighting nobody. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there was no controversy. No. You were given a hard time on purpose. Right. And it's hard to suck those moments up. And sometimes I feel myself freeze in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so it is kind of important when someone can just swoop in and be like, "I see this basically injustice happening. Mm -hmm. Let me help you out." I think one of the most powerful experience I had of wanting to show that I saw this person. I was, um, I was at an event at the time I was running for office, and we were speaking at a high school. And this high school was known for, um, unfortunately, a really sad statistic. There's a lot of trauma in that student body. Mm -hmm. um, they had the highest teen pregnancy rate, I think, in the state, maybe the country. Um, and I was there with, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross is another person that definitely goes out of her way to make sure she sees you, she acknowledges. Love her. Mm -hmm. And she asks for, I want to be at this school mm -hmm. to speak to these women. So I was there. And there was a, a, the guidance counselor, one of the teachers came up and said, you know, we were doing this exercise of working with the young women. And she pointed out to one of the young girls who, um, her brother had just been killed the week before mm -hmm. um, in the alley. And maybe I think um, six weeks, six months prior, another sibling had been killed. Oh, wow. And you could see, I didn't know that, but I could tell there was something very Heavy. broken mm -hmm. about her. She was just very withdrawn. And I went over to her and, and um, I was like, oh, you're so, you're so pretty. And she just looked at me. Mm. And then the next thing I know, I just put my arms around and I held on to her. We held on to each other. Mm -hmm. I was fighting to keep from crying, but she needed to be seen. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's healing. That's mm -hmm. what it is. It yeah. is. It's very healing. It is. And you, what you did is <sighs> so beautiful because it's like you saw her, but you also acted, mm -hmm. you yes. know? Because a lot of times, you know, people will see you and they don't, they don't take that right, next thing. The but next the fact step. that you, you know, touched her right. and held her and, held you know, her. made her feel like you truly saw her right. is very powerful. Yeah, it is. And it gets me to this day. You say I'm tearing up. But yeah. that that moment was just uh, really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's healing. And that's a wrap for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, subscribe us on Apple Podcasts and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. You can find me, Jennifer Shea Love Bowers, on Instagram at Being Shea Love. And you can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on social media at Cheryl Jackson. And that's Cheryl with an E. And you can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago and a part of the NPR Network. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Brennan Banizak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Engineering by Ethan Schwab. See y'all next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.